In this episode, Andy Schwartz, the president of AJ Adhesives, talks a lot about coaching kids sports. What does this have to do with leadership? It turns out quite a lot. I think what Andy has to say will give you a new inspiring perspective on teamwork. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results. And you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. So Andy, there is so much talk today about the importance of developing employees. Uh, giving them opportunities to grow, coach them so that they feel empowered. And I know that you have a coaching perspective and a coaching approach in your personal and your professional life. Why do you naturally gravitate towards that coaching approach? Well, I, I think because it's always about, you know, like like player development, you know, and, and, and especially when you're coaching you know, like little kids, small kids. I mean, with, you know, some kids in, in different sports are big and some people are little and they haven't hit their growth spurt yet. And they're not, yeah. you know, they're, they're not big and strong like like some of the other kids. And they really have to work their craft to become better. And maybe then they hit their growth spurt at 13 and then they're terrific players. But if they don't work on their craft when they're small and young, uh, you know, they, they, they will never develop. And it's, you know, you know, part of the coach's job is to motivate those kids and keep them motivated to keep working on their craft and make it exciting. Mm. I think it's the same way with first time employees. I mean, you have to, you have to really like develop them and coach them and urge them and, you know, like and, and reward them and challenge them, you know, like each and every day so that they come into their own at some given time Mm. with the company and then they then they produce and they're happy and the company's happy and it's a great long-term relationship i love that i just love the phrase keep working on your craft Mm. because you don't know when that growth spurt will happen whether it's physically as a kid or as a leader or a professional, here's the set of circumstances that come together that leverages your strengths and you can really shine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, you know, like I've noticed that in every, like in every sport, you know, like with, you know, especially with children, especially when you're, when you're coaching five, seven year olds and, you know, and everybody wants to win, you know, like everybody wants to win, you know, all those kids want to win, but boy, oh boy, if you're, you know, like you're, you're physically challenged with being small and weaker than the other team, it's hard. It gets demoralizing when, mm-hmm. you know, like when, when you lose all the time and you feel like it's because the kids are just bigger. Yes. That's when you got to stick to your craft and show a little grit. 
And it's the coach's job to keep pulling that out of them. Oh, Andy, I feel it. I've been the parent of the set of kids who go out on the field and the other team comes and you're like, this team is huge. Are they three years older than our kids? How is this happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. Keep practicing your craft kids. Keep working on it. You know, time will tell time will tell. (laughs) All right. We are talking with Andy Schwartz today. Uh, Andy Schwartz is the president of AJ Adhesives. It was in 1992 that he started that organization. AJ Adhesives distributes industrial adhesives to all manufacturing sectors and has been growing since that time, now has eight locations across the U.S., In 2011, Andy was appointed by Governor Nixon to serve as the Republican commissioner at the St. Louis Board of Elections. He served St. Louis in that capacity through fall of 2016. He previously was appointed by Mayor Clarence Harmon, serving on the Mullen Fee Travelers Aid Board and currently serves as an appointee on the Forest Park Advisory Board. It's kind of fun to note that Andy grew up in the zip code that AJ Adhesives headquarters now resides, right? And he's celebrating nearly 30 years with that organization in that same zip code. And living close to work uh, offers the ability to coach soccer, basketball, and baseball, which we have already started hearing about. Andy, thank you for being on the Courage of a Leader podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I like this. Yeah. So we've talked a bit about why the coaching approach is natural to you, right? And that your commitment to having people keep working their craft. How do you do that? Tell us, how do you bring that particularly into the workplace day to day? Um, um, You know, we're a continuous learning organization. So we always, you know, like we, we, you know, like we, we go on learning field trips, you know, we go to, um, you know, we go to learning events with, uh, you know, like YPO or, you know, the entrepreneurs organization where I'll take the whole inside staff and we'll go for a day and we'll, we'll, we'll listen to a speaker or two or go to a workshop. And then we either come back or sit around and have dinner and talk about what we learned and how we're going to get better. I mean, what, you know, like those, those types of types of things. And it's, and it's for everyone. And I don't, you know, I, I can't think of a person who has ever said that was a boring day. So it mm-hmm. looks like, it's really like a field trip. Mm-hmm. We get on campus, we get together, we get to maybe share a meal or some coffee in a different environment, talk to other people that are, you know, like in similar situations, maybe, or other businesses, other people that work for companies. And, you know, like there's always high energy, but then we like we debrief. We we, yeah. we we talk about what we learned and how we're going to implement it. And then you know that lasts for a good you know three four five months. And then you know like it may get watered down a little bit. But we always have a couple of really mm-hmm. good takeaways that we go back to. And I've always been you know like I've always been one you know like on coaching or living or you know like. Keep it as simple as possible. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, really, 
you know, I, I you know, in a, in, a, in a lot of ways, you know, the, you know, the one page business plan, or if, you know, like, if, like if government could ever pass a bill, I feel like that bill should be on one page, yes. you know, instead of 24,000 pages, who can, yeah. who can follow 24,000 pages? Oh, if yeah. everyone had something on one page or, you know, the, the bullet points, we could yeah. all understand it. We could all probably follow it. And so you, you, you kind of learn that, you know, um, you know, like as a coach, you know, with, with young children and, uh, you know, like, you know, like after the game, especially after the game, you know, I would be, I would have experiences with, with other coaches or assistance coaches. They want to talk for 12, six, you know, 12 or 14 minutes about the game that recently, but nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> You know, it's time for ice cream. You got about a 30 second window and it's got to be sweet and short and memorable. Like I said, 30 seconds is the most of their attention span that you can have. And it's great. Well, that's how it is when you're an adult too. I mean, nobody wants to be lectured for six minutes on what, you know, like what corrective action needs to be done. Still about a 30 second window. So you really have to be, you know, like, um, like brief and precise, you know, yeah. and, and think about it so that the takeaway is memorable. Yeah. I, mean, I know how I am. You know, that's how I learn. That's what I take away when it's short. When somebody speaks and goes on and, you know, like I've lost. I've, yes. It's, something gets lost in that translation. I appreciate that. Keep it simple. And you're, you're speaking to the power of a shared development experience. I know I'm working with organizations all the time. How do they invest their development dollars? What does that look like? What's in one-on-one coaching? What's in, in group leadership programs? I mean, I love this uh, field trip. Yeah. It's a shared group experience. And then you're having that debrief, that follow-up. And it could be not the 27,000 things we want to implement from what we heard today, but keep it simple, right? What are the, I don't know, it could be one to two things. Oh, it usually is. That you want to, yeah, that you want to do differently. And if you're talking about, um, you know, that last three to five months, that's enough time to make truly sustainable behavior change. And that power in discussing with the team, how are we going to apply this? How are we going to do this differently? You know, I'm thinking that's an important message uh, for all leaders, whether one employee went out and had a development experience or there was that group field trip. Have those conversations about what were the one to two takeaways and what are you going to do differently as a result? So that doesn't just become a nice, theoretical, interesting discussion you had that one day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What are the benefits? Like when you and other leaders uh, in AJ Adhesives are are, are focusing on developing, um, are are talking about how to apply what we've learned, what benefits have you seen? Oh boy, you know, you you see a lot of benefits. You see a lot of benefits outside the business. Okay. Like from, uh, you know, people sharing personal, personal experiences with their family, how things, you know, like happened with their 17 year old girl 
or 15 year old boy in our or in a you know like in a school situation or a like a team situation mm-hmm. and then being able to ask about it and then 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 take it home or feel like they're not even they're not they're not experiencing that situation by themselves that other people have had it so that you know that that you know that that learning takeaway applies both at home and at work and i'm i'm a firm believer if you're not happy at at home you can't be happy at work yeah. so you know like we you know like we have a you know like we have a performance based culture where flexibility is built in so nice. i try to be as flexible as i possibly can but we still have to have a performance culture so you know same, you know, it goes it goes back to coaching. Same thing in an unprofessional coaching environment. You gotta have some flexibility built in. Mm-hmm. If, you know, like like if you're a professional athlete on a professional team, that's different. That's a job. You know, like if if you're late, things happen. If you miss a workout session, things happen. But when you're coaching children and you want them to love the game as much as you do. Uh, you got to have some flexibility built in, but there's still got to be performance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, but if, you know, there was, if there were times where some kids couldn't get to the workouts in a week, you know, like I would have them commit to making the workouts on their own ah, and they would usually do it. I mean, you know, you, you're talking to a 12 year old kid. Hey, I'm fine with that, but here's what I need from you. You need to go to the park and dribble the ball you need to handle your juggling, you know, like, like work, you need to run and stay fit and get that, you know, like, and run your sprints, you know, like, I'm okay. If you tell me you're going to do those on your own and you wouldn't believe how many children would step up to the plate mm. and do it, you know, mm-hmm. so then, you know, like they didn't get frustrated, you know, like with the environment, you know, they just had to um, like, they just had to do it on their own. I, I was talking yeah. to somebody, oh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and it was a it was a great analogy. You know, they said, decide what you want and then pay for it. You know, like decide what decide you what want, you want and then pay and for pay it. Pay for it. I mean, earn it. Work for it. You uh, know, like if you like if if you want to um, if you want to you know, like in a sporting event if, if you want to run a half marathon if you decide you want to run that then pay for it. Go do the work. You need to do to run the half marathon, you know, don't commiserate about it. If that's what you decide to do, go pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I think that's a message that's really kind of lost on a lot of children, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, like it really is. It's, it's like, they can have whatever they want. They just got to have the grit, you know, and the, you know, like in the, you know, in the depth to know that they have to do it. They have, they're the ones that have to pay for it. They're the ones that have to get up early in the morning. They're the ones that have to work late at night. They're the ones that have to go to the library when everybody else is going to the bars. You know, mm-hmm. if they want to get that law degree, if they want to get that medical degree, they're going to have to say mm-hmm. no to a lot of things. That's paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. few things I want to underscore about what you just said, Andy. I wrote down, learn for our lives, right? That, that when we're building skills, you know, in professional context, there's skills for our lives that we can use in in, air, in any area of life. Mm-hmm. And I love how you flow really easily between talking about what happens in the workplace and you know what what happens uh, with a kid's sporting team. 
right? And, and this flexibility, right? If you're not going to be able to do it as it's initially designed, okay, what are your ideas, team member? Yeah. How can this look differently, right? Just like you would expect that kid on that sports team to commit to doing the practices on their own, right? How do, how do we be flexible? How do we enable this to work for team members' lives? And if they can't come when and how it was initially planned, what's, what's plan B? Right. So, so, you know, um, you know, when, 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 when COVID hit, when COVID hit and everybody had to, to you know, to work from home, yeah. uh, you know, it, 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 it wasn't a real difficult situation for us because mm-hmm. where we didn't frame it, you know, like, or title it work from home environment or flexibility, we always had it built in. Uh. You know, we always had it built in meaning like I, you know, like I'm a product of a single mother. You know, my father died when we were real young. And yeah. so my mom raised us. There had to be flexibility built into her schedule. She didn't talk about it. It just, it just happened. And just was, yeah. It just was. But, you know, today, you know, there's a, there's, there's a couple of single mothers that work with me. And they need to sometimes pick up three days a week at home. At three o'clock. Well, our day isn't over at three o'clock. Some work needs to be done. It doesn't need to be done, you know, like at, at 3.05. But, you know, like we would have them set up to where they were set up from home nice. and they could finish up at 4.30. Right. You know, the paperwork that needed to be done that at that evening so the day could start for everybody else at 6 a.m. when they started in the morning. Yeah. So that flexibility was built in. When COVID mm-hmm. hit, we just flipped the switch. It wasn't going to be from 3 to 4.30 or 3.30 to 4.30. It was going to be from 8 to 3. Yes. You know, that's the time it was going to be, and they were just at home. But mm-hmm. we already had that flexibility built in. It was a little challenging because, you know, everybody liked being around. And I'm a I'm a face-to-face guy. You know, I you like being around the environment. But, you know, like the transition, and we were essential workers. So it was a, the transition went pretty smoothly, like way smoother than all of my competitors mm-hmm. in my industry. Mm-hmm. It was conscious to set them up with their you know, with their computer, with their phone, with their, you know, their system at home so they could work from home for that hour or, you know, like that hour or two or when there was a snow day, you know, we mm-hmm. have snow days like they do. <laughs> you know, snow days, I don't want anybody driving like yeah. during like a, a, a crazy morning to get into the office so that they can start work. Start nice. work from home. If, it, if You know, if it clears up by one o'clock and you want to come in, come in. You know, like yeah. you can do that. But if not, you can do still be productive from your home environment. Yeah. I love that story about flexibility and how it helped you more smoothly deal with a pandemic mm-hmm. that was causing chaos on, on many fronts, right? But there was flexibility already built in. And we have, uh, you know, I have 50 employees and, and, and nobody... I can't, I can honestly say no one took advantage of it. And mm-hmm. no one, you know, like before the, the pandemic, during the pandemic, how it is now, no one, no one took advantage of it. It wasn't keeping me up at night, thinking nice. productivity was going down. You know, would I have liked to have had everybody in the office like it used to be? Sure. Yeah. Got to change. You got to adapt, right? Yes. Situation. 
<laughs> that fear of people taking advantage holds so many leaders and organizations back. And yeah, I just, I hate to see it. Yeah. One phrase that you said earlier, Andy, that I, that I wrote down and want to come back to, you know, when you're talking about coaching kids in a sport, you want them to love the game. And we forget that as leaders in organizations, right? Like we want our colleagues, we want our team members to love the game. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I agree. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. It, like, thinking about like what would what would you do and you know and for you what do you do as a coach of a kid's sporting team to help them appreciate and learn and love the game right how do we translate that into the workplace because yeah, that's so ultimately what we want is everybody loving to play this game we call business Right. So, you know, you know, I'd always, you know, I'd tell them at a young age, pressure is good. Stress is bad. You know, pressure is good. Stress is bad. Pressure challenges you, you know, and you want to build confidence in yourself that you can meet the challenge. Stress is bad. Stress is from bad preparation, no preparation, no, uh, no thought going into it. But, you know, like that's what causes stress. The pressure is good. Um, So, you know, like, like in order to love the game, you know, there's there's no glory in in there's no glory in losing. There's no glory in, you know, like in in, in not celebrating the victories. You know, mm-hmm. so I would always try to encourage the kids. And how does that make you feel when they do something well? You know, instead of just telling them, like, hey, great job, Johnny, you know, I'd say, Johnny, how does that make you feel? And see what his reaction was. And then kind of like build on that. You know, yeah. uh, I would always Tell them, you know, take chances. You got to take chances. Mm. Take that shot. You know, like, mm-hmm. like make that diving play. Steal the base. Hey, if we get thrown, I'd rather, you know, like I'd rather choke, you know, like on a loss than, you know, like than, 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 than be mediocre. Mm-hmm. So I don't try to encourage that. And I was probably, you know, like, you know, like, um, I don't know, you know, like I, I was really enthusiastic when the kids did something really spectacular on the field. I would really, I would be the first one, you know, like a fan cheering for that person, you know, and, and then, you know, like making them feel good about it, you know, like all the time. And so, you know, that, you know, that, that, you know, like, I I think a lot of coaches and a lot of, you know, like business owners or managers, they don't, they don't celebrate the victories. And hey, you know, you're a real good defensive player. Why don't you sit in the background and just play defense? Because we got other people that are real good shooters and they can shoot. So you get the ball to them and they'll shoot and take every shot. Well, I was never like that. Mm. You know, with my basketball, my girls' basketball team, I'm like, everybody's going to score. Everybody's going to take shots. Everybody's going to learn how to play. There's no glory in just playing defense and passing the ball. I want you to have points. And We're so, going to keep working all aspects of the craft. That's right. Right. Yeah. You know, like that, that's right. Well, that's the same in business. If somebody sits in the background and yeah. doesn't get the, doesn't get the, score points or live in the glory how much fun is that yeah you know, like how does that keep them how does that keep their love of the game you know yeah. you know one of our core values is everybody is a professional selling machine you know everyone is a professional selling machine that's one of okay. our core values uh-huh. that means you know that that means when when customer service or the warehouse person does something a little bit extra 
because they're thinking about, you know, selling. It's indirect, but it really is way more direct than, you know, like the guy that gets the order. So, you know, like we celebrate that. I celebrate that. I recognize that I look for it. You know, just like I look for the little things, like in a, you know, like in one of my players when they were young, yeah. always look for the little things and be able to encourage them to keep working on that. Yes. Yes. We had a, I'll tell you a quick story, you know, like, uh, and I probably have a lot, maybe too many from <laughs> my, my daughter's basketball team. We had a, you know, like there, it was, it was our, it was our, it was our Catholic schools, you know, CYC team. But we had some really good athletes, and I had I had seven girls that I coached them for about five years, and then we had a lot of fun, and we 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 won a lot of games, but we scored a lot of points. Okay. You know, the girls scored a lot of points because they were you know they, they really wanted to score points. There was a lot of glory, and you know like so so I had I, I had I had two rewards, and you wouldn't believe how much we celebrated. And, and mm-hmm. the rewards were if you. If you made, if you did in the game, if we did three left-handed layups, oh. you know how hard you know how hard it is for a for a ten-year-old girl or boy to actually do a left-handed layup. I mean, you really have to concentrate and think and practice and and, and do it. You know, like, but if we did, if we got three left-handed layups, love this. Yeah, I took, I took the girls to a pizza party. We got a pizza party after the game. We went to get have pizza, and you wouldn't believe how hard they worked to get three left-handed laps in a game. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean they'd try and they'd get slammed down, you know, four or five times a game, but they'd still try. And we're at two. They'd scream, "We're at two. You know, and then you know, the game was trying to get that third one, and it was it was so well. That's what encouraged I think them to love the game. You know, here they all, they're all 19, 20 years old, and they still talk about that. Yes. You know, you know maybe, may, maybe, well, let me think about this. After high school, none of them played in college basketball. Okay. You know what I mean? Only a few of them, maybe only one or two played in okay. high school basketball. So, you know, they still love the game. My daughter still watches basketball all the time. We still talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love it. Well, yeah. What games can we play? Right. And, w- and what can you be on the lookout for and reward? Yeah. Yeah. So same in business. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I, I think that this is uh, really interesting to think about how do we uh, transfer how we would coach kids into how we manage employees, field trips, Mm-hmm. keeping it simple, yeah, yeah. right? E- exploring yeah. it together, yeah. taking chances, celebrating, being flexible. Yeah. So many great messages, Andy. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I learned, I brought more, I brought more of the, the, you know, the coaching, the kids, to my, my, I brought, brought more learning lessons from coaching the kids to my business than I did from my business or life experiences to coaching the kids. I, really I believe that. Yep. It was really, it was really a, a, a great dynamic for me. Great. This has been a really fun and useful lens to look through today with you, Andy, on leadership and how we can be more effective in the workplace. Thank you for being with me today on the Courage of a Leader podcast. 
Oh, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.